Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is your host, CJ. Thank you for tuning in to I Thought I Told You. And I want to kick off episode number two, starting off my Mental Health Monday segment, where we're going to dive into, you guessed it, mental health. Now, for this particular Mental Health Monday segment, I want to focus on veteran mental health. And we are going to get into it. So first off, I just want to say that mental health right now, I feel like it's finally making its way on everybody's radar. It's finally being discussed. We're finally talking about it, whatever that means. Um, it's now becoming the talk of the town. And finally, we're having these open and honest discussions with our, about our mental health. We're able to talk to others about our mental health. So we're finally getting that, getting that started. So when I say mental health, I kind of want to go into what is mental health. Now, I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all may know what mental health is, but for some of y'all, you may not have a clear picture of what mental health is. So mental health is pretty much our overall psychological, emotional well-being, right? It's basically how we feel, how we act, and just how, you know, what we're thinking. So basically, feelings act how we think. And it basically encompasses almost everything. And from how we deal with stress, how we make our decisions, how we relate to people, et cetera, et cetera. And it's throughout every stages of our life, right, from childhood to adult. A lot of times we probably think that we're just now recognizing and realizing we actually have to care for our mental health now as an adult. But, you know, you had to care for your mental health as a child, but that's a whole different discussion. So what's the point of me bringing up mental health? Now, aside from some of the crazy stats that I saw or read and stumbled upon, um, one of the things I decided to bring it up is because we tend to forget our mental health and we tend to forget to cater to it in the midst of our everyday hustle and bustle. You know, you're out here trying to live, you're trying to survive, you're trying to do this, but we tend to forget our overall psychological and emotional well-being. And on top of that, there's a stigma about mental health and mental illnesses. Now, before I, (sighs) let me circle that back. Before I get into anything else, I wanted to get into mental illnesses and kind of get a clear picture definition of what mental, mental illnesses is. So when we say mental illness, it's pretty much It's basically like a huge change in your overall thinking and your emotions and your behavior. It's like that huge shift. There's a a change within that. And see, with having that mental illness, we deal with a certain level of distress, um, and we're not able to cope with it in a certain, you know, in a certain way. It's where it really affects our um, every facet of our life, our social, work, family, um, every everything, and it greatly affects those areas. So, but you're not really, you're not really functioning too well within those facets of life, right? So, thus, you have a mental illness. Now, when we say mental illness, there's a diagnosable, usually diagnosed as a mental, 
mental disorder. So whenever you say you have mental illness, it's usually diagnosed. There's a diagnosis, right? Now, I probably don't need to have to school y'all in on like the diagnosis and yada yada yada. But I'm pretty sure you already know some of the more common uh, diagnosed mental illnesses and mental disorders. So basically, you got depression, you have anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, OCD, PTSD. Now there's others. But those are pretty much the common ones, especially depression and, and uh, PTSD and anxiety. Um, but I'm not going to get to all of them. I wanted to only focus on uh, just a few. But um, but back to my point and why I bring up mental health, um, especially as is within a veteran standpoint. So as a veteran myself, and coming from that veteran perspective, uh, slash veteran lens and experience, um, so when we deal with mental health as a vet, it, it still reigns supreme when it comes to our overall health as a veteran. Now, everyone deals with mental health and mental illnesses. But from the veteran perspective, I kind of want to give that from the veteran perspective. Um, many of y'all didn't know me. You know, I'm a social worker, Marine vet, you know, X, Y, Z. But right now, I want to kind of, I'm going to take off my social work names for now. And then I want to focus on the three main mental health concerns, um, especially for those who have served and those who are currently serving. Uh, and it's basically PTSD, depression, and TBI, so TBI is traumatic brain injury. But for just the purposes of today, I'm only going to focus on PTSD and depression, and we can get on TBI. But those are the three main ones that a lot of veterans and a lot of active duty service members face. So like I said, I'm going to take off my social work lens. I'm going to take off social work lens, social work CJ, and I'm going to put on veteran CJ lens, all right? So and what I want to do is paint you a picture, if I could, of what the symptoms of depression, if I could, you know, paint you that picture of the symptoms of depression and what that looks like, right? So from a veteran standpoint, from CJ to veteran, so in terms of depression, it's, it's no joke, not even a laughing matter. So it's more than just your everyday sadness here and there, which everybody has that sadness here and there, but it's a lot deeper than that. Depression is, is dark. It's dark, man. It's pretty dark. And it's not just some stuff you can just snap out of it. Poof. Depression goes bye-bye. It's not that simple. Um, this one I tell you, like you can't, when you're dealing with depression, that, that those depths of darkness to those who have it, and it feels like those depths of darkness, you're not eating, you can't sleep, you got insomnia. Uh, and if you do eat, you're overeating. You ain't getting out of bed. You're not trying to deal with the world. You ain't trying to deal with life right now. Right? And if I can continue to paint that picture for y'all, it's like a never-ending pit of darkness that you can't seem to escape. And then bit by bit, you try to climb out and just try to get to that bright light, but it just keeps evading, right? It just keeps slipping. And at this point, you know, when you get to that point, you feel like nobody nobody understands you. You don't trust nobody. You don't want to feel like a burden upon anyone, you, you, you know? And many of us, we find different outlets, Right? Some turns to drugs, some turn to alcohol, some turns to pills, pills, and anything to fill that void. 
anything. You, you eat away the pain. You can distract yourself away from the pain. You can sex your way from the pain. Uh, whatever your vice of choice is, you're going to indulge. And everyone has that different vice, whatever it is. You know, it's not a one-size-fit-all because depression does not – the symptoms are there, but it's not a one-size-fit-all for every every individual. But those, you know, you, in terms of trying to fill that void, people have their vice of choice, right? And it basically affects your everyday life. It really affects your everyday life. And so as I get more into it, and right now, you know, in terms of sleeping, you waking up in the middle of the night, if you're able to get any type of sleep at all. And at this point, you don't need to give a damn about your hygiene, let alone to get out of bed, to even brush your teeth or even bathe. Can't wash your ass. Excuse my French. But, hey, it, it, this, this is a genuine, honest truth. I'm, I want to paint this picture for y'all. Your place is a mess because it reflects how you feel on the inside. And how you feel on the inside is going to reflect how you feel on the outside, right? And you don't even want to do any of the stuff you love. For all the stuff you love to, to do, you enjoy, all that gets get sucked out. You know, like joy gets sucked out. You don't want to go out. You don't want to do anything. And so now you get to that feeling, there's a different level. Now you're at that feeling of despair, that feeling of hopelessness. You feel you're not worthy. It, it, it gets to that point. You know, you, you feel, you know, you begin to ask yourself, why am I here? You know, what's the point? Who gives a damn about whether I live or die, right? So now you get to that level of darkness, that level of deep depression, you begin to entertain thoughts of death and thoughts of suicide because that is the, the general dark reality of it. And because you begin to entertain those thoughts, you begin to entertain them, it becomes routine, those suicide ideation thoughts, right? And right now, and it's, it's like, you know, anything to get rid of the pain, that's your outlet. So if death, is my way out to a person that's dealing with depression, that is considered their outlet, and that's they considered their only way out. That's how they, you know, we feel that that is the only way out, right? So now I'm going to transition from vet CJ back to social work CJ, put my social work lens back on. And now that I can do that picture for you, just a slither of the depths of depression, Hopefully, I want you to be able to grasp the importance of um, this this particular mental disorder, this mental illness. And I'm, um, hopefully, you're able to kind of to kind of see that. Now, I want to touch up on PTSD. Uh, for those who don't know what PTSD is, PTSD is post traumatic stress disorder. Now, quick thing about PTSD: PTSD is not limited to just veterans and combat related. Um, anyone can have PTSD. You can get PTSD just from witnessing a crime. You can get PTSD from being robbed at gunpoint. Uh, you can get PTSD from a, a car accident. You know, so PTSD is not limited to just that, nor is it not is limited to just, you know, combat-related. Um, hell, just being black, you know, we suffer from post-traumatic slave syndrome, but that's a whole different conversation. We'll, we'll touch up on that another another week. Um so PTSD in terms of, you know, with veterans, a lot of times it deals with, it can deal with combat-related, you know, uh, trauma. Uh, 
sexual assault. It can deal with a lot of a myriad of things, you know, in terms of facing PTSD while we're uh, active duty or in the military. And so, but this for the purpose is considered, you know, they deal with mostly combat-related events, traumas, and things of that nature. Like I said, it's not limited to combat-related, but often it is combat-related, sexual assault. You can get PTSD, period, while you're in the military. You don't necessarily have to deploy to get PTSD, you know. So I just kind of want to dispel that off the bat. Um, but with PTSD, um, you're, you're, you're triggered by that event, by that trauma, or that experience. So what does that look like for the average vet that has PTSD? You get flashbacks, you can't sleep, you have nightmares on top of nightmares, severe anxiety, your thoughts running wild, it's all over the place, it's uncontrollable, everything just feels like it's reoccurring all over again, right? So and, it, and that's what it feels like, it's just all over again. So what do you do as a vet, right? You try to avoid it all together. Anything that reminds you of it, anything, a smell, just looking at something that could trigger or set you off, you avoid it altogether. And it's just, you know, similar to depression, just like depression, um, you have a sense of hopelessness, recurring negative thoughts, you lose interest in any everything you love and enjoy. And the most part about it, you have this numbness. You know, there's a numbness, that feeling of being emotionally numb to everything. All right. So I uh, want to, you know, give those quick touch-ups on PTSD and uh, and depression. Now, I'm going to read off just a few stats. There's a lot more, but I want to stat y'all to death. So um, one thing that I found that the rate of depression is said to be five times higher than civilians. And I found that study from... The JAMA, the 2014 JAMA, J-A-M-A, psychiatry study um, that they did, that they found that the rate of depression is five times higher than that of civilians. As I said, you don't have to be a vet to have depression. But from a veteran standpoint, uh, that rate tends to be a little bit higher. Now, also within that same study, I found with uh, PTSD, it tends to be 50 times higher than that of civilians. Now, again, you need to separate that PTSD, anybody can get PTSD. If you're black in America, listen, you, <laughs> you pretty much got post-traumatic slave syndrome. But again, that's neither here nor there. We had that discussion another time. But PTSD, excuse me, in terms of uh, a lot of veterans and stuff, it, it tends to be 15 times higher than that of the Um What I want to do now is talk about some of the stigmas we deal with veteran mental health, veteran and active duty mental health, um, in terms of um, seeking that help. Now, last episode, you know, I talked about, you know, child sexual abuse, and I went into those stigmas. Some of them, some of those very same stigmas are somewhat similar, um, but they're different. So in terms of uh, the stigmas of seeking that help, you know, when we do have a mental illness uh, for both veterans and active duty, one of the stigmas is, you know, you have that perception of being perceived as being weak. You know, you, you're perceived as being weak, you know, when you disclose and seeking, you know, for depression. Seeking help for depression. But basically, any, any, any mental health, any mental health issues, any mental illnesses, right? That weakness, 
you perceive this weak. You perceive this less than. Like you, you, you. And this is something you can't handle. This is a weakness. You know, you, you're built up to be strong for so long, and you know, you perceive this as weak, right? Another stigma is that feeling of shame. You feel shameful over needing to seek treatment, treatment especially for mental health. You feel ashamed. You feel embarrassed about having a service-related mental health disability, right? That shame and that embarrassment feeling uh, with, with seeking that help. Because, again, because you, you hear the individual that portrays as strong, right? And something such as a mental health, in your mind, it's like, oh, no, no, I can I can overcome this. I can deal with it. Why, why am I? That's that shame and that embarrassment. I'm like, man, I'm actually getting help for mental illness. I can get through this. Let me just hop out of this and I'm, I'm good, right? But no, you have that shame and that embarrassment feeling. And then, uh, you know, another stigma is the lack of awareness, just, just straight up lack of awareness, both, you know, actively and death of mental health problems and the treatment options. A lot of us don't know what. Who, what, when, where, what is mental health? How do I have it? Do I have a mental health? You know, that's basically a lack of awareness, right, about who, what, when, where, and why of your mental health and mental illness if you do have it. And, you know, aware, lack of awareness of those treatment options, of seeking that help. And we'll get into treatment and self-care, but and that's a whole different topic. We'll, we'll save, save for another segment of Mental Health Monday. But um, overall, just a lack of trust uh, and concerns, especially for the veteran side of things. You know, being a vet myself, um, a lot of vets have a lack of trust in regards to treatment, especially when we deal with the VA, um, getting that proper treatment from the VA in terms of our mental health. Now, some of them can be outdated therapies, techniques, or any other concerns that we may have. But some of us just flat out don't trust. There's a lack of trust of uh, those services being provided from the VA. And some of us, you know, just basically don't trust trust it or the feeling of not getting the proper adequate care or treatment for, for our mental health. But, um, and so that's just kind of some of the main stigmas uh, that I want to harp on. And like I said, in, within more of my segments, Mental Health Monday segments, we'll get more into in-depth with in terms of the uh, treatment and things like that. Now, I want to get into, because, you know, I was active duty. I want to get into, and this gear more towards some of my active duty listeners, but your current military career and what that looks like in terms of your mental health. Now, again, when I was in, there was, you know, I feel like there was a perception where uh, the military did not really, and this could vary from branch to branch, didn't really care um, about your mental health, and, and just instead of getting treated, you got kicked out. Now, again, that, that was the feeling, the sense that I received. Um, but nowadays, uh, I guess if you're, if you're still active duty and if you need diagnosis or you're seeking some type of treatment for your mental health condition, it does not affect your career. It should not affect your career nor is it any risk of any type of disclosure. Now, because a lot of times there's some active duty members that fear 
you know, disclosing their mental health, you know, are they going to get kicked out or prevent them from getting any type of job they wanted to do or any type of training. And that's a valid concern. But it does not affect your career at all. Now, and also you can't lose your security clearance by consulting with a doctor. When you consult with a doctor, you can't lose your security clearance. Now, however, however, if you don't disclose your mental health, mental illness, and it continues to worsen, it can damage your career. Now, in that respect, if, if you kind of don't seek help, you know, seek a doctor or any type of consultation or anything, your CEO may require uh, duty limitations or recommend you being separated or just kind of all together from the military for medical purposes. Uh, so it is very important to get out and seek that help. Go talk to somebody. I know for me personally, I did. You know, I went to go talk to someone, you know, prior to my deployment. And so, um, and so those of you, like I said, if you're active duty right now and you are having concerns with your mental health, then I highly recommend you go and seek and go talk to a doctor, go talk to someone and get that, you know, get, get seen. Now, in terms of policy and privacy, right, the DOD, which is the Department of Defense, has to follow the guidelines of HIPAA and the Privacy Act. So, but in terms of safety, now this is social work talk, in terms of safety, but if it shows that your mental health condition may harm, if it shows if it's a harm to you, yourself, or others, um, they are obligated to disclose this information to the chain of command. They, they can disclose that information to the chain of command. But your health care provider can only disclose certain information as it only pertains to safety. And only situations pertaining to safety, you know, if you harm yourself, you're going to harm some. They, they, you know, they have to disclose that. So I kind of want to go over that uh, in terms of what that looks like, policy, privacy, uh, right now. I didn't get too, too in-depth with that, but I can, you know, come back another week. So now, you know, you or a friend or someone, let's say you have a friend right now that's dealing with, you know, mental illness, and what can you do? You know, how can you help? But I just want y'all to know that, you know, we're all going through it and know that you are not alone in your fight. Veterans, active duty, you are not alone in your fight, okay? Seek out that support system. And more importantly, seek out for that help. It's okay. It is okay. I promise you it is okay to seek that help. It's okay. Regardless of what anyone else may try to tell you, it is okay. You are not weak. You're not, you've been, you've endured so much strength. You're still strong. It takes bravery. It takes courage to get out and seek that help. Trust me, you are not weak. And with that, I want to leave y'all with some very important numbers. Um, you have the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, the number for that is 1-800-273-8255. I'm going to repeat it again, 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And then for veterans, you have the Veterans Crisis Line. Uh, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. And you want to press 1. Or you can send a text message to 838-255. Again, for the Veterans Crisis Line, you have that number, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Or you can send a text message at 838-255. And with that, I bid you adieu. Um, Till next time, 
tune in next week for my next segment on Mental Health Mondays. And I'm sending y'all all types of love on this beautiful Monday evening. Y'all take care. Peace.